buzzing out there. Um, keys just get pucks deep, you know, play the corners hard, see if good things will happen for us. Yep. We are back. Tudor's back. Derek's back. I'm back. It's episode 54 of Just Dishing It. Thanks for joining us as always, everybody. And I just mentioned my co-hosts here, Derek, Hoskin, and John Toods, Tudor. Boys, it's weird when we do a few, just us three in a row. We have an, a guest or two, and then we go back to it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know what it is. It's, it's like I missed you guys, but you guys were still here. It's a, it's a different mode. Yeah. Switch up yeah. the modes. Yeah, for sure. So, um, since there's been a lot that's happened since the, the three of us had a chance to catch up, even though it's only been a week. Um, yeah. I think we might as well start uh, in chronological order. I mean, Tudes made a last-minute decision, it seemed, um, last week. He, he just had to go to the Sabres and the Penguins game because, you know, Sid and, and, you know, Malkin are in town. You got to see him while you can. I love it. The problem is, didn't go as planned for the Penguins. Toods, what did you see? What were you feeling inside the Key Bank Center? It is back to the center. Not the um, library. Well, yeah, no, it it was the library that night, kind of, though, to be honest, Derek. Um, it, was, it was really weird, right? So we started out, um, we went, um, the lady and I went with a couple that we're friends with as well, so... We go to Southern Tier for dinner before, and I swear to God, at Southern Tier, like, there were more Penguins jerseys. Like, you'd see, like, Crosby, Lemieux, Latang jerseys, like, everywhere. Yeah, all the, there bu- were more, all the Buffalo Pittsburgh fans come out. Yeah, like, there were more <laughs> Pens fans than there were Sabres fans there. And then we went into the game, and it, honestly, like, it was weird. It kind of felt like the same thing. Um, but really the Sabres... No, like the Sabres showed up. I mean, it felt weird because like it was one of those games where and the Pens tend to be a slower starting team. Like they don't usually come out in the first period like gangbusters. Like it feels like they start down one nothing a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, Casey DeSmith being a net over Jari certainly didn't help him. Jari played the first game of a back to back against Columbus the night before, which I'm assuming they were just just a rest day. He's not hurt or anything like that. Um, so that didn't help, but the big dogs scored, um, you know, the, the big boys scored as they always seem to when, when they're playing Buffalo for some reason, um, you know, it's never a lot of secondary scoring against the Sabres. It seems like it's always just like the top, the top dogs, your Crosby's, your Malkin's, your Latang's, but, um, it was a good game overall action. Yeah, no Erod. I really wanted the Erod hat trick uh, in his had, comeback. He had a couple um, chances, if I recall. Yeah, but. and the thing is, like, they were playing around with the lines a little bit that game. I think because they added Ricard Raquel at the deadline, so just trying to figure out, you know, where guys are going to fit in with the um, the additions here, but. Overall, entertaining game. I mean, hats off to the Sabres. I don't want to take any credit away from them because, like, they've been playing very good hockey in the month of March. Red um, Unbelievable. Uh, Derek, I saw your tweet earlier. I was dying. The Sabres on a Warpath video. Oh. Um, but Damn, they, no, they, really, they really are. I mean, um, they looked good. It was an entertaining game, though. I mean, 3-3 game, and then Sabres win it in a shootout, and Tage Thompson – you know, had two goals and then scored in the shootout and Tuck scored, you know, the shootout goal that ended up closing it out. So as a Sabres fan, I don't think you could have asked for anything more out of that night or what this team has been doing this month. So, you know, hats off to the Sabres. And they did it again last night against Chicago, coming back from down four nothing and winning what six to five in overtime. So, yeah, yeah. Oh, um, they, no, that was, no. that was a tremendous game. The, that, was a, uh, that was a, that was a regulation win there, Tudor. Oh, was it? 10 seconds. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. What a weird goal at the end too. Oh, right? I didn't, I incredible. didn't really watch the game last night, but I, what was it? Tage Thompson, like slap shot breaks his stick. It goes off the boards behind the net and off the goalie and in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. the goalie just goes full slap shot mode. Just couldn't quite break the yep. stick. Took him a few swings. Um, 
Amazing. You know, kind of looks like me trying to, you know, hit one in softball after I mean, 17 fuck, beers. Man, say what you want about Eichel. At least the dude could break his stick over the post in one swing. Did <laughs> <laughs> that a lot. Yeah, there was a, quite a few of those instances. Um, but man, the 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 tying goal, the game tying goal, was a real nice one last yeah. night too. I Did mean, Victor Olafson also score his first career five on five goal last night? Uh, first two actually. Yeah, he had two actually. <laughs> no, he uh, right. I think both of them were. I can't. Were they, uh, I know what. I think the one first one was on the was on the power play. His, but yeah, it you're was right. funny because oh, I was I was talking with one of my buddies and. He was like, he looked down at his phone. He's like, oh, Olafson just scored a power play goal. I was like, oh, shocker. Why do they even put him out in five on five? They should just keep. I was like, they should literally only let him touch the ice on the power play. And then like five minutes later, he scored a five on five goal. And shut me right up. So I don't know what like Walt would say about this, but from the eye test, because I don't regularly dive in and make these charts like these fellas do. I leave that to them. And then I ask them questions. I just watch and I look up very basic statistics that involve me gambling. So with that being said, what I've seen from Victor Olofsson this year so far, he reminds me of Jeff Skinner last year. He's just getting chances, but he's not capitalizing like you would like him to. That's kind of how I sum up what I've seen from Olofsson. He's not playing bad. He has the games where you don't notice them. It's just, to me, it feels a lot like Jeff Skinner of last year, especially. Guys, can I make a confession real quick? Go uh, yeah. Um, and I might get sewered for this uh, if Walter <laughs> Jared uh, listens to this. But, um, you know, those guys will put those charts out there with all these, like, advanced stats and analytics. And I'll be honest, I look at those graphics and I don't know what the fuck they mean. <laughs> <laughs> Like I pretend I'll like pretend a group message sometimes. Like, like, yeah, he's playing real well, and because like I look at what he's doing, I'm like, oh, this guy's like scoring goals. He's playing well. I test right. Like I'm a big eye test guy. And then they'll put up like the graphic on like the Charging Buffalo Twitter account, or Walt will put it out on his account, and I'm like, I don't even know what these acronyms mean. <laughs> it's like expected goals. What does minus zero point eight mean? I don't know. Like, yeah, the, well, look, the numbers. I don't know. From my knowledge, when I see that the bars are really high, and then I look at what the caption is, I kind of figure out enough to where I can interpret that. Oh, he's doing well. If the bars are really close to the line, x-axis. Thank you very much. Um, right? Yeah. Uh, math yeah. guy. Yeah. Shout. Yeah. There you go. Shut um, up, math. Shut up, math. <laughs> if I see the bar down like close to the x-axis, I'm like, yeah, don't look too hot. Because it's like I've seen him put charts up of like Cody Eakin and then charts up of like Tage Thompson and Alex Tuck, and they look drastically different. Eakin's so it's got to be down by the x-axis, right? And I know for a fact the chart that I saw from Cody Eakin was not face-off wins in the defensive zone. <laughs> so – it can't be that great. In which we give Cody Eakin a hard time. I remain steadfast saying if we were good and that guy was our fourth line center, just mucking up in the corners, winning big face offs like he did that year he was in Vegas and they made their run. Not a bad word to say about him. No, not but the problem is when you go out there with a tin advisor, you're going to get chirped. Hey, that's a, we don't know the circumstance, buddy. Mark Stahl. Where's one because of his eye injury? What if we got some, you know, maybe we got something going on there with Eeks. Who knows? With that mullet, he probably just thinks it looks sick, and that's fine. I'm that strikes me as like, hey, man, this is the same tin as my fishing sunglasses. Let's go. Just yeah, let at, it the end of the day, at the end of the day, he's in the <laughs> NHL. So, like, right. So, he's doing something. He keeps getting contracts. So, um, but, yeah, that uh, – that Penguins game was quite interesting. Um, but an interesting, you know, few games for the Penguins, though, too. It's, I wanted, to, I figured we'd just loop that right in, though. Um, they shit-pumped the Red Wings last night. <laughs> that was, <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, two nights ago now. Um, yeah, what are they doing over there? Um, yeah, I don't know. It was 11-2. to two and I Is Gino up. getting the boys in the banyas before the game or yeah. something? Are we, Gino, are we rushing uh, gas in it? Gino literally went full on I am score on Sunday night. 
and <laughs> just showed everyone like if I feel like turning it on, I'm better than all of you. Uh, and that's I love really that, Gino. that's real. I love that Gino. I really do. And I think early on this year, he was coming off of a knee surgery, so he was slow to come back he obviously wasn't with the team day one this year it took him a little bit to get into it and then even after you start right you're not going to be 100 percent coming back from you know a knee injury but he's at a point now where he looks like he can just do whatever he wants again and it's he's fun to watch when he's in that mode uh i don't know if you saw the one goal he like danced all the way from the blue line like through three guys and then just scores just textbook malkin yeah, just classic Gino, but I, it's one of those things like I, and you guys might laugh at me for this, but I don't think the Pens window is closing like I thought it was a couple years ago. Because, I feel the same way about Crosby this year. Yeah, I don't like, agree with you. Like Crosby this year. Quite honestly, he's got to be in the heart conversation for MVP. I mean, the first like seven or nine games of the season, something like that, he only had like three points coming off of his wrist surgery. He's got 1.4 points a game in his last like 45 games. He's got 60 something points in his last 40 something games. He's third, I think, in the league in points per game right now. The dude is unbelievable. He's not slowing down. Malkin looks like he did. How like five ten years ago, and Chris Letang is absolutely buzzing, and I'll die on the hill that he's been criminally underrated his whole career. Um, so I I really don't think that window's closing, boys. And if Jari figures out that glove side uh, in the playoffs like he didn't have last year, well, baby, we're cooking. <laughs> oh boy, did the Islanders make him pay on that side? Oh, man. I am so sad that they're not going to be around to just ruffle some feathers, but. We'll get some fresh blood in there. Dude, the East playoffs are going to be unreal. It's going to be fireworks. Uh, yeah. There's going to be a lot of money lost on gambling. But The fact that you could get a matchup like Penguins-Rangers round one is unbelievable. It's also kind of annoying, though, because it, it is. I'm. Why can't we just do one through eight? What the fuck was wrong with that, especially now that there's even teams in each conference? I, I agree. I think just doing it that way makes more sense because you get match teams are going to play a better matchup round one, at least based on their performance in the regular season, right? Like there's yeah. going to be some teams that just because of the division they're in and where they finish, they're going to have a really tough draw in the first round and they really deserve to be playing the lower seed. Yeah, you can make that argument about the Maple Leafs, but like I have no sympathy for the Maple Leafs, so I'm not going to make that argument. It's just a point. See, because- but I, I almost think, though, if you're a hockey fan and you're not a Maple Leafs fan, I think it's actually way more fun when the Maple Leafs are this good, like for the majority of the regular season. And then in the back of your head, you're just smiling because you're like, you know what? I can't wait for all these Maple Leafs fans to get all riled up and then get bounced in the first round again. Right. It's a weird dynamic because I find myself doing that and it's the fans fault because they're like the New York Yankee fans of the NHL. And it's like I but I love Austin Matthews. I love Mitch Marner. I you know, it's like I want to see them deeper in the playoffs. Those guys as players. Like, I want to see Beebs up in a box seat in Toronto just fucking ripping that reverse jersey off, just, like, going nuts because they won a playoff series. Like, that's good for the game. Having said that, I can't tell you that I'm not going to enjoy them getting shit-pumped by either Carolina or Florida in the first round. I Um, think that's right. That's what I was thinking. And does part of you, though – it's weird, right? Because being that you guys are Buffalo guys, your whole life you hate the Leafs, right? Naturally. But is it weird? Because I feel like, and this is kind of across the league, probably just a shift, right? Because there's not that many real villains anymore, right? You've got like Tom Wilson, you've got Brad Marchand, but like... I like both of them too. I, I do too, but <laughs> it is what it is. I mean, I just 
you know, I don't like Wilson because he's on the caps, but, you know, it's one of those things, like you've said, everyone wants him on their team. Right. There's nobody really on the Leafs as a player that I think is that hateable. No. Mm-mm. You know what I mean? Like Austin, like Austin Matthews or Mitch Marner, like, yeah, you hate those guys if you have to play against them just because they're good. But, like, what has Austin Matthews ever done that you're like, man, I really can't stand this dude? I didn't like what he did to Darlene. That's about it. That's it. But couldn't you argue that Darlene also was, you know, obviously, like, he took it one step far with, like, that cross check. But at the same time, like, they were both going back and forth, right? Like, it's not like he came in out of nowhere and suckered him. Yeah. It was just a frustration. Wires crossed for Matthews. That happens. Right. Maybe, you know, on some level it happened with Darlene, too. He's protecting the front of the net, protecting his goalie. That's going to happen. Um, but that's where, you know, unfortunately for Matthews, I don't see number 34 there. I see Maple Leafs jersey cross-checking yep. our top defenseman in the throw. So, again, it, it is what it is. I've moved on. Like there's not, I hold nothing against him for that. That's just heat of the moment. They're, God, I can't even imagine playing for that team in that city. There in Montreal, my God, the media that you deal with there, but the pressure is a whole different level. Yeah, and that's what they're starting to feel it too. The that team that they're losing to again, you know, it's a home game for the Sabers, but it's in Canada. It's a Heritage Classic, big game. Eyes of the league are on it, and they didn't look very good. So, sure, that I, Matthews has a pass for that. I, you know, no qualms about it. I have bigger beef with some of the shit Paul Biznasty was saying. Love the guy, but come on, dude. Come on, man. He's better than that. I just he's he is a facade at stirring the pot. And I that's, love him for it. I, mean, I absolutely thing, right? like, love him for it. I think a guy like that, he's hilarious, but fans get way too caught up in he knows he's getting the, the trolls out of yeah, that's, under the bridge. And that's what yeah. he's trying to do, right? Yeah. Like the and Chicklets Cup the is bait. coming here to Buffalo this summer for ball hockey and roller hockey. You know you think he's not trying to rile up Buffalo fans <laughs> because he knows that more people will show up to the event. Even if the only reason they're showing it up to the event is to fucking chirp him all day long, he doesn't give a shit. That's more yeah. people at the event making money. Like, oh yeah, the dude's a promoter. He gets it, right? Yeah. But a lot of fans don't get that. So I want to just... see him. I would. Would you guys watch like pro wrestling if he was like one of those like ringside guys? You remember back in the day where they would they'd have like the one like big wrestler and they'd have like a guy with them, like they're, yeah. like the guy. I don't even like the manager. Usually the manager, yeah, yeah. Because like most guys, you wouldn't see that come out, but there was. I can't even remember who it was for a while, but there there's like that, and they'd always stir the shit up. They'd go over. They'd fucking hold the guy. You know, just just stirring the pot a little bit. I'd love to see Biz doing something like that. Pat McAfee does that, doesn't he? Does he? I, I don't even know. I'm pretty sure he does with like the the SmackDown show or something. I've seen some um, the Twitter. guy that you're looking for is um, Paul Bearer, the OG yes one, yes, yeah. just the under, yeah. Undertaker, Undertaker, guy. yeah, 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 yeah. Sure. Good looks, Derek. Yes, sir. Got to appreciate the '90s WWF. <laughs> So, WWE. Well, it was WWF then? Whatever. It was yeah. He started. I, he he made the full transition from. Right. Um. But yeah. So on, I, obviously another thing that we didn't get to. Uh, obviously interviewing uh, Andrew Porterowski. What an interview last week. That guy is a weapon. Lighten up the golf course with him this summer. Found out we're basically neighbors, so that'll be fun. Um. We got to talk about um everybody's. Favorite trade, all the shakeup from the deadline, what you guys kind of saw, what you like, what you didn't like. Wanted to go around to everybody and get thoughts there because that was obviously a big event that got glossed over last week with our interview. And Tude's not being here, I am sure. We're just going to let him go first because I know he's pumped about Raquel and Linholm. Yeah. I mean, not I'm, Linholm. Sorry. I'm stoked about Raquel. Um, I think – to get a player like that to put hopefully on that second line with Balkan. Uh, just 
unbelievable. He's he's a great skater. I mean, he had a really good chance in overtime against the Sabers. He did. Um, you know, just just a good stop made on him. But yeah, he he skates well. He fits in well with that team. And uh, I mean, they gave up Aston Reese. They gave up a goalie prospect, um, which they have another decent goalie prospect in in the pipeline. Uh, plus, you've got Jari, who's still young. Casey DeSmith, who's actually played pretty decent. Uh, so wasn't too worried about that. Uh, big pickup for them trying to make trying to make a run here. So hopefully that helps them down the stretch. But honestly, another favorite trade of mine. Um, Anaheim Duck, great. Uh, Dadnoff, uh, who uh, the, uh, the trade doesn't. The most incredible series of events, right? Because Trey doesn't go through. Mm-hmm. And then, like, two games later, he scores the overtime winner for the Knights. I just thought that was hilarious. So, um, I know the Knights are so de- – I saw some, some tweet the other day. It was like the Knights are so desperate to get some type of shakeup in their lineup that they traded a guy that didn't even have a tr- – that had a no-trade clause. Because they're so salary strong now. Yeah. I just have to under I just have to know what the vibe is like when so he obviously has the no trade clause. The trade did not go through, so he's still on the nights, clearly. He's still playing and he's playing good minutes because he scored that overtime winner. But what is the vibe when you show up to work every day and you know that your boss tried to get rid of you? And they couldn't. That's like the situation. like. Do you like at that point? Like, I don't even think I'd want to be there. You get you get scolded by your manager, but you go to you, you know you're in the right, and then HR tells the manager it's like you can't do that, and you're like, well, here we are. <laughs> <laughs> well, here we are. I mean, uh, I just I don't know. That such the situation pans out perfectly in his favor. He scores the game winner in overtime. You said it yourself. I mean. Yeah, just, no. Just points same, up to the press box too. But at the same time, do you feel that'd be like, fun in that situation? I think I would feel very awkward just like going into practice every day because it'd be like, okay, like they don't want me here. Yeah, sure, but I then- see on some level being a Russian guy. I could also see him being a beauty about it and being like throwing chirps at the GM if he ever sees him. Like. Still want to get rid of me, like you know, all this stuff after he scores the goal, like I, that would be fun too. But I got to yeah. imagine at the end of the day, not ideal for uh, Dad. No. no, I mean, I mean, I would imagine he's got to, yeah, like you said, walk through the hallways to the GM and be like, "Remember that time that you wanted to trade me, and then I scored an overtime goal the next next game." <laughs> like, I would man. imagine you got to. I don't know, man. It's a weird one. It's a really weird one. Like. Happening. Because like I think in, and it was the NHLPA that stepped in to negate it, right? Yeah, because they. So does that mean they were like shoving it through no matter what? Well, they, no, they apparently just didn't know their own players' contract situation. I think, and they probably he probably got the notification from his agent, and the agent was like, uh, "We have a no trade clause on our hand," and they probably were like, "All right, we're just going to file an appeal f- with the NHLPA." Well, they were trying to say that he didn't, that his no trade clause was violated because he didn't get his list of teams for the no trade that you have to submit every year in on time. But his agent basically was able to prove like, yes, it was submitted on time and here's the proof. So they had, they had to negate the trade unless obviously if you have a no trade clause, but you okay it the team can move you, but he didn't okay it because he didn't want to go there. So, yeah, um, you know, is what it is, but weird situation. Very weird. Yeah. I can't remember. I can't remember that ever happening, especially in the NHL. I, I don't know if it's gone that far, um, but yeah. Um, what's know, your, man. what's your guys favorite trade? I, I was just about to start and I'm, I think I gotta go. God damn it! Um, the goddamn Bruins, man, Lindholm. That's a and then re instantly signing him to an extension for eight years at that number. Yeah, that's what you were saying earlier about the Penguins, the window not closing like you think. Yep. 
Um, I feel that way about the Bruins right now, as much as I don't prefer to say it, because you know they're the Bruins. Yeah. Um, they, I'm, I'm, I, I'm jealous of what they have. That's what it is, really. I mean, I feel like our generation doesn't have as much beef with the Bruins as like, old, you know, past generations, maybe like you know, seventies, eighties. You know, people growing up in that range, but I still don't like them. Yeah, I don't prefer them. But my God, they, you know, while Bergeron's still around, Marchand's still around, obviously Pasta, like, and you sure up the back end that I already thought was pretty strong. Um, I mean, with the cap going up too, and you can lock in a defenseman like Lindholm at 6.5, I believe the, the extension was for, for eight years. It's wow. Good value on him. Yeah, that's job well done by the Bruins on that one. I think that one, you know, for a team that I think is going to be really tough to play against in the playoffs with all their experience. And that's the thing with the Bruins too. I I always end up betting them one way or another in the playoffs. They're just one of those teams. They've they've been there and they've done it with, with that core. So, you know, we'll see, but that was one that came when that one came across, I was like, "Damn, they really, really stepped up, really got something done there." That was a very impressive deal. I didn't, I didn't know that that one was going to be the one that a defenseman getting moved. Um, I, I didn't think that would would have made me, you know, go wow. I personally thought with Lindholm though, I didn't expect him to go to the Bruins. I was thinking probably Calgary because if there is one thing that Calgary's missing for me, it's like a named known defenseman that can play, you know, top four minutes. Um, they're obviously they right now, they certainly don't need it, but come playoff time, you'd like to see that, you know, maybe for all your future bets, future betters out there. But I, uh, yeah, I really like the move. Good job on the Bruins. Absolutely love that move. Um, and then, you know what I, for one that, um, you know, surprised or de- that I didn't like, I still thought, I get what Kevin Adams did not moving anybody, right? It's important for the growth. I can see his point. For me personally, though, I would have liked to, why not get a couple more picks in, make some room for when these college guys start losing. You know, I don't know what's going to happen with Johnson. I don't know what's going to happen with Levi. Weird rumblings I've been starting to see about those two. We'll save that for another episode, though. Um so I, you know, opening up some roster spots for guys to come up from the AHL, get a few games in before the AHL playoffs if the Amherst end up being in that, and go from there. But I still, I just think I would have liked to have seen maybe one or two guys. Even I don't even care what the draft picks are. Like keep building that farm because so many GMs and you know Pagula influence or not, right? But. They've just over the years, it's just been picked apart and we got to we got to rebuild it because that's what teams do. That's how you win in this league. What did Tampa do? What did the Rangers do? So on and so on. You could just keep going. Uh, Colorado did this example after example of how to how to build a team. Boston, even you could say, too, I think, for the most part. Uh, But, yeah, that was my thoughts on what I saw on the trade deadline. But, uh, Derek, what did you see? Would you like what you didn't like? Um, I agree with you with the Sabres point. Um, I mean, I would have liked to have seen them take on because we have that cap space, maybe stack some of those draft picks, um, you know, bringing in some players just to, you know, help out teams or whatever, you know, take those cap deals kind of deal. Um, like the Coyotes do, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and then you just rack up picks and then whatever we can do in the off season kind of thing because it sounds, you know, it from what we've been seeing, like, I mean, yeah, you're going to have a regular draft, but if you, I mean, we've got three first round draft picks, you were able to acquire a couple more. You could have gotten some off, you know, and gotten a solid off season, you know, trade or something like that. Um, yeah. Flip like them back fill, around yeah, again. To like, yeah. To fill like an immediate spot right now. Um, you know, someone who's on the trading block or something, you know, never, never know what ends up coming up, but right. Um, I thought it was a really like lackluster, trade deadline honestly um usually i follow it like a hawk but there was like really not anything moving that much until like day of and even then it was like a lot of expected trades that had been rumored for a while um, right 
Giroux. I like the Giroux trade. I mean, Florida. They mean, are a wagon. Florida's holy shit. Doubling down for sure. I mean, that one def- bothered me because I don't ever want to see Claude Giroux win anything. <laughs> There it is. I, <laughs> I knew it was coming. <laughs> Just, you know, he's always he's always yeah. gonna be he's always gonna be from that you know that town in eastern Pennsylvania. Yeah, like I mean, you know, Tude's just you know the the relationship with him and Gritty. I, it just it bothers them. <laughs> it really just bothers them. That video was that was awesome. The the goodbye video. Did, did I'm sure you guys saw that? The one Gritty posted with Giroux. No, Did, I didn't actually. Oh my god, we got to find that because that is that was really funny. That was well done by the the PR team there. That was hysterical. Um, <laughs> I can't remember if I saw it on. I'm sure it's on both, but I don't know if I watched it on Twitter or Instagram. But that was really funny. Yeah, the town in eastern Pennsylvania. Um, but you know, you gotta. I. Right though, too. So, I mean, Florida surprised me. I was thinking you. What yeah. you kept hearing was Colorado. Colorado. Everyone kept saying Colorado for like the two weeks leading up to the deadline or more, um, even longer than that, really. Yeah. Um, up until the Chicklets episode with uh, Pagnata, David Pagnata, from yeah. the, the guy from the fourth period, I believe. Uh, sorry if I'm saying your name wrong. Uh, great, great follow on Twitter, but um, so got to listen to him on Chicklets, the interview they did, and he said it look it's it's been Colorado, but. You can't rule out Florida. Florida's definitely in on them, and sure as shit, there they go off to Florida. That I mean, why wouldn't you want to go play hockey in Florida? I I don't blame them. Right, and they're rolling right now too. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's gonna sit in real nice. He's not gonna have to be a centerpiece. He's just gonna yeah be able to play his game and you know just. You know, bury the, some the caps and responsibilities aren't yeah. there. You know that none of that extra, Don't, you know, pressure you know, or focus. You know, yeah, and and you know those 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 people from that eastern town in Pennsylvania, they they add the pressure. That's for sure. If you if you suck, yeah, so, that's uh, <laughs> that's for sure. Um, but yeah, they. Um, I and to the the other thing with Florida that excites me though, why that move excites me. I was always, you know, I thought Sam Reinhart, like a lot of really good players, a lot of the top players that came through here in the time he was here. I mean, just just knock it off. The, the guy's a, a, a tremendous hockey player. Point no game player. No, it, sure. Would we like him to be a faster skater, Mike Harrington? Sure. That'd be great. That'd be awesome, buddy. I, I, I do want much money to watch Harrington strap on some skates right now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That I'm sure he seems like, you know, not for nothing. He seems like the kind of guy, if there's like a good cause to be had, he might do it. He seems like very comfortable being like the guy, the punching bag on a lot of things. I mean, some of the questions he's asked over the time, it, you, you gotta, you gotta, you know, imagine he enjoys doing that. He gained, I've never been a big fan of the guy. I am quite positive he's not listening to this show, but Mike, <laughs> you gained a lot of respect when you when Eichel just went off after you asked that question that we back when they I played also, the Sabres. Uh, that Paul, was fucking funny. Hamilton, uh, Paul Hamilton, definitely uh, gets a good uh, gets a good uh, note in my book too. After um, complaining to the PR people that they weren't going to have Arden, Eichel, I th- was that? Well, I thought that was Harrington too. Or was it Harrington? I, I think Paul Hamilton it. told the story on the radio on like five fifty well, or something. Or no, he's, it was on that. It was on the the podcast. Oh yeah, after the whistle. That's right. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, they had them both on. Shout mm-hmm. out to Peters and Reve. Great yeah, podcast, that was, by the way. That was unbelievable. Uh, mm-hmm, for sure, glad that they were able to yeah. get their own stuff. But uh, yeah, I, that was a good story to hear that he was the one. I I, I think it was. I couldn't remember. I knew yeah. it was the two of them that were talking about it. I just couldn't remember which one. Like right. I think Harrington was the one who complained because I remember Paul Hamilton's voice describing that. Yes. Okay. You're but right. um, I bring that up Reinhardt too. Obviously, he's on the Panthers, and I mean, if you can't, oh, that if, question was a that one's a legendary one. Yeah, for sure. I but like, the why other did you give up on that play. <laughs> What are you talking about? (laughs) 
Yeah. Like, I don't know what you were watching. I, know. <laughs> I was like, I saw Reinhardt's reaction to that in the video, man. I'm just like, I can't, I can't believe he's keeping his cool like he is right now. It's an all-timer. <laughs> That's so good. And you know, damn well, he was watching that game and he like jotted that down in his little notepad and was like, yeah. oh, I'm going to fucking get him in the post game. It's like, are any of you guys office watchers? No. Yeah. All right, I mean, you know, a little bit. I mean, yeah. you know when Ryan comes back from rehab with the goatee and he's got the <laughs> yeah. and he calls his <laughs> <laughs> oh shit, yeah. But I bring up, sorry, we're getting off track here. I bring up the the Reinhardt thing. Obviously, he's on the Panthers, and one of the all time beauties in the history of the game, Jumbo Joe Thornton. If you don't want to see that guy hoist the cup, I mean, get your balls checked. I mean, that yeah. would be fantastic. So they're they're at the top of the list for me. I think it'd be awesome. And they're such a fun team to watch, man. They are just full throttle, that offense. For but, sure. Um, so, yeah, I, you know, there was some activity at the deadline. wasn't crazy. Nothing like, you know, really, really blew the doors off. But, you know, it, it wasn't deadlines of the past where it's just like, my God, some somebody do something kind of, kind of vibe. There was significant moves mainly by – teams contending or you know being in the race i would say um so along the buffalo news lines i guess i think um obviously now the bills have reached a deal for the new stadium which is cool more importantly i feel like because the stadium's pretty far out Tudor brought this up in our pre-episode meeting it came down about the overtime rules I know for a fact, postseason overtime rules, excuse me. I know Derek is going to have a few words about this one. Um, Toods is a Steelers fan. I know what's happened to them in the past. Um, so I, you boys take it away here. I think I didn't read too much into the specifics of the, the rule changes. I just know what, you know, being a Buffalo, what you would hear, right? Under these rules, Josh would have got the ball back or would have got to a possession in overtime of that Chiefs game. So um, I don't know if you boys read, did any of you guys read into it a little more, the specifics of how it's um, going to work? It's just as long as there is no safety from the team that receives the ball first, each team gets the ball. And then as long as there's still a tie, obviously, then um, it's the next team to score. So, So it's like how they do it. In the regular, yeah, it'll just keep going back. So essentially, it would just keep going back and forth if, until somebody so wins. If they, if they score off the first drive, you you tie it up. Then yeah, mm-hmm. then it's the next team to score and not answer, pretty much. So it you know. So they so keep you trading. Could get, you, could get multiple, you could get multiple overtime. Yeah, you could. I mean, not multiple overtimes. I don't know how that'll work. They, but you essentially, it just guarantees that. Each team gets the ball a minimum of one time, and so, as long as there's a tie, it stays that way yeah. until there's an outright winner, pretty much. So, but only in the postseason. That's right, right, postseason. right. So during the regular season, it still can very well end in a tie. So, and- from so if I'm hearing you right, though, sorry, it, if you get the ball first, you score a touchdown. Let's say. We'll use the Chiefs-Bills game, for example, as the big yeah, one from this past season. The Chiefs go down, um, they score. Because they scored a touchdown, they win the game. New rules, the Bills would have got a chance to score a touchdown and tie it or go for two and win it. Correct. So say the Bills went down, scored a touchdown. Let's be real. We all know they would have. Um, you, you kick back off to the Chiefs and just keep playing. Right. Yeah, it's, so, just like it's just a normal game. But what happens, say, if the Chiefs kick a field goal? on the next possession is the game over. I think you just have to who um I think yeah then it is. I think it's the next t- team. So it becomes score. sudden death after Which, after yeah, but I correct. But that I think is going to make it interesting because right. you're then I think you're going to see teams say let's go for two. Right? So sure. if you're the Bills in that situation, right? Also you use, might def- let's use that example. If you're the Bills and the Chiefs come down and score that touchdown, then you go down and score another touchdown. If you know 
that the Chiefs are going to get the ball back on your kickoff, and if they get in a field goal range, they can win it with a field goal. You know damn well you haven't stopped that offense all day, just like they haven't stopped you. You're probably going for two there, aren't you? Like, just to say, fuck it, like, we got to win this game now because nobody's getting stops. Yeah. 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 I mean, the all, and then that comes down to the coaching decision, you know, the coaching in itself at the end of the day, you know, what, how, how good of a coach you are making those decisions and that split, you know, that split decision timing. Um, but I, it, it could very well change the tactic too. I mean, why wouldn't you want the ball second in overtime then? I mean, if you're going to get the ball back, no matter what, yeah, why wouldn't you? You want to be the last one to touch the ball then in that situation. The only, well, reason, yeah, I'd argue, can... the only reason I'd argue no is because then it's still going to be sudden death after the first possessions, right? So if it's a game like that, I'm still not going to defer because if I defer and we both score and then oh, I have yeah, to give technically, them the ball okay. back, yeah, you're then right. you're right. I'm still in trouble, you know? Yeah. You're right. I mean, I guess that you can... Like I don't, it, but... I don't see anybody deferring in overtime. Yeah, Wait, but if you defer, they have a possession. You stop them. They punt to you, and you score a touchdown. The game's over. No, correct. But you correct. have to get the stop. Yeah. So I guess it all depends on sure. how you're feeling about your. But you're gonna have to score anyways to keep the game going or win it, right? Yeah, but then what? Okay, so then if you both score and then they get the ball back and they score again, they win. But isn't it the same if you get the if you do it first, right? If you're if you're the first team to get it, and each team right yeah. scores, yeah, you have the advantage. There. You got first dibs and sudden death. Right. I okay. think that I think it's a good it's a good rule. Like it's yeah. long it's long overdue, and frankly, I didn't feel that bad when it happened this year, only because it's happened to so many teams before and it literally had happened to the chiefs like two or three years previously. And the chiefs had proposed the rule change because it happened to them and the league had shot it down and then they kept the rule. And now the chiefs benefited from that rule this year. So that made me <laughs> feel, that, little, yeah, that no, made me feel a little bit better about like it a... just cause like, it's like, okay, like they've gotten, kind of if you want to call it screwed by this rule before so now it came back and it helped them like even you know, that's sure. that's why i didn't feel horrible that it happened you know at least to the chiefs this year um or for them i should say but yeah i mean it's it's a rule that i don't understand why it was even in place before but you know is what it is i, don't either. I have no idea either. what yeah. were you saying Derek? I had seen something. I mean, it definitely is just like I, I was just going to build off of that. It was just I saw something that I mean, like you were saying, Tudor, that there's no reason why it shouldn't happen. Um, you know, that both teams should touch the ball. Um, I'm trying to find this one quote that like sudden death Josh makes had sense. Something earlier this week, he was on a podcast. Um, Who said something? Josh Allen. He said oh. something earlier this week on a podcast um, saying about how comfortable he was in the game. He said that he's, he doesn't think that his heartbeat went over a hundred beats per minute. Yeah. I'd like, I'd like to put a whoop strap on him. That's kind of, I gotta believe that deep into the Xanax. Yeah. He said, I was so focused and so relaxed. Even after that last touchdown I threw, I gave Gabe Davis a hug and I sat down. Everybody else was having a good time. The fans were going crazy, but I sat down. If I need to go back out there, I'm ready. I didn't get the chance to, but that's how the dice roll sometimes. Like after hearing that, if you don't think that that guy's going to go out and throw like fucking 40 touchdowns next year, you're out of your goddamn mind. I think what's interesting too, though, is on the flip side of that, not that he doesn't like the rule, and I'd have to look into it more because honestly, I've you know, didn't really look into it further. Um, but Mike Tomlin had a quote too, and paraphrasing it, I think somebody asked him about the overtime rule and he was like, honestly, like in certain words, I think his message was basically like, I don't care. I'm not afraid to go out and try to get a stop in overtime. Like the rule never really bothered me. Um, Mm -hmm. which I thought was interesting having that take on it too because that's not really a take i had heard from 
from too many people. Um, I would hear, I could see McDermott saying that, honestly, yeah. especially the defensive side. Well, especially too, because yeah. Tomlin, Tomlin and McDermott are buddies. They went to college together. They're yeah, the they're cut they're yeah. cut from the same cloth. Uh, mm-hmm. The two of those guys, but um, yeah, I mean, it's just it's interesting, and I mean. I thought it was interesting too, though, because it had happened to a Mike Tomlin team as well um, against the Broncos. Tim Tebow to Demarius Thomas in 2012. How are you? Um, you know, still, still not, still not kind of quite recovered. No, every every time you watch Good Morning America, you're just reminded of it, aren't you? Or whatever fucking show he was on. Is that you? I don't know what he was on for a while. Isn't that this? The, that was the year that they no they didn't win this no because it was Tim Tebow duh. yeah I usually yeah. said Tebow I was trying to remember yeah, no. what year was it that they won the Super Bowl was it 2014 had to be 15 I think 14 or because I think 14 is when they got their doors blown off by the Seahawks yeah because that yeah. was that was when the first snap of the game went over Peyton Manning's head and they never had a chance oh yep. um but uh, yeah, no, 2000, 2012 2016. was uh, sixteen. Two thousand sixteen, okay. okay. Yeah, two thousand twelve was Tim Tebow to Demarius Thomas on a slant. He just ran seventy yards in the end zone. I do want to add. Um, it's a little off topic, but we haven't really talked about it with Von Miller moving to the Bills. But um, mm-hmm. I thought something was really cool. He said something in his. Uh, press conference that he was prepared to go to Buffalo. He was actually slated to go to Buffalo. Um, he had Buffalo. He had bought Bill's gear. Like he was regular, like ready to like you know wear Bill's gear and stuff. He was he had met with them and everything. And the only reason he went to Denver was because Denver traded up for him. Like he was supposed to come to Buffalo. We weren't supposed to get Darius. Um, and hmm. yeah, Von Miller was supposed to be a Bill right out of college. So. That's super interesting. I had no idea. So I think that also, you know, added to why he wanted to come here. So like he, he, he knew that he was supposed to be here kind of thing. So, but I'm glad that he is coming here now and not when <laughs> yeah. that was because we were at goddamn. I was going to say like, I, I kind of wonder, and this isn't meant to be like just a dig at the bills, but do you think that if Von Miller came to the bills in the state that they were in at that time, he would be the same player he is today. Um, he'd probably be one last championship. Yeah, he'd still be as. I think he'd still definitely be as he would good have won with the Rams, but yeah. he definitely wouldn't have won with like the Broncos. And, and I guess the and I guess the only reason I ask that is you good have point, some Derek. you have some guys that came in kind of in that era, right? And you know you had high draft picks that just didn't pan out that were supposed to be unreal. Like Aaron Maben was supposed to be unbelievable. So was Marcel Darius. And so was Marcel big, Darius. Yes. Yeah, same got thing. A pretty and it's a big contract for it too. He had a, it's one like of those two things. Three good that, seasons. You know, I, I, it makes me wonder like, are those guys like, is the difference in the trajectory in a guy's career a lot of times just, based on luck of where they got drafted, right? Like if Josh Allen gets drafted to the New York Jets in that draft and Sam Darnold drops down and he goes to the Bills that year, are we t- are we talking about Josh Allen being a generational talented quarterback? I don't know. Like I think obviously like athletically there's nobody really doing like better him. than Sam Darnold. Did. Yeah, like athletically that, there's nobody no really doubt. like Josh Allen in the NFL, but I mean, if you take that kid as a rookie and you put him on the Jets, does he really have a chance to develop? Because, you know what I mean? He struggled his first two years, and that's fine. He's a young kid, and obviously he's blossomed into, you know, the conversation of 1A, 1B, best quarterback in the league, you know, right now. And, you know, he's up there with young quarterbacks with Mahomes, you know, either one of them. And then Rodgers, you can make the argument, is still, you know, one or two, but – like I don't, I don't know. Like I think a lot of that has to do with where you get drafted. Like, 
I yeah. think it's a good 50-50, maybe a little bit more towards where you get drafted in the current state of the team for sure. But, I mean, there's still a lot of players that, you know, get drafted first number one overall, go play for a shit team and still have a very good career out of it, obviously. So, yeah, um, it's definitely, but I, I mean, there's definitely a lot. I would, it'd be cool to like look that up, like where career number one overall picks ended up and like how they performed because obviously they're going to go to the shittiest team out of out out the bat it'd be like interesting to see how many of those panned out versus a player who is like a third fourth round maybe second round that is on a really good team and you know. i mean i almost think like the sweet spot right is like if you can get drafted between like that maybe like 12th pick in the end of the first round. Cause you're going to a team that's decent and isn't that far away. Right. Where like, if you get, if you get picked at number one or number two, you know, like you're Trevor Lawrence. Top 10 is not good. Yeah. Like you're you're Trevor Lawrence, you get drafted the Jaguars. Like he looked terrible this year, Mm -hmm. but was he, terrible because his skill set doesn't fit well in the NFL or is he terrible because he's on the Jacksonville Jaguars oh, like go for number two and his head know? coach was tearing it up at Ohio State after parties instead of reading playbooks well, doing yeah, scouting reports and that's the point though too you're going to usually not a great organization if you're going number one or number two overall right like even even when people when teams are bad right like you look at teams missing the playoffs and we'll use both Buffalo teams as an example. Gee, the Bills, well, the bills, the bills, I think are a better example, right? Because the bills, even when they weren't making the playoffs for an extended period of time, they weren't a horrible organization, right? They had some flaws, but they weren't a bottom of the barrel team. They didn't have they, the quarterback. No, we were no. like stuck in like, I they, they were purgatory. in purgatory. Yeah. yeah the like, worst thing you bad, can do is be mediocre. Good. Yeah, we the weren't worst thing you can do in the NFL is be eight and eight because you're not going to make the playoffs and you're not going to get a game changer of a draft pick. Yeah, because it's really hard to make the playoffs in the NFL. It really is. It's not easy. Right. And like, there's teams that are you know, ten and six. Obviously, now with the you know ten and six that don't make it. You know, it's. But I I think I guess my point there is I think organizationally. The Bills, even when they weren't making the playoffs, there was that sense of optimism and they were still competing and they weren't a bad organization where the Sabres the last 10 years or so hopefully are turning it around now. Dumpster fire of an organization big time from the top down. Yeah. And that reflected in why your number one, number two, number three overall draft pick maybe isn't panning out the way they quote unquote should with their talent because they're coming into a shit show. Bills, Bills at top least, down were pretty bad though too as well. Like they, we were, they were coaches a lot. The talent on the field wasn't that bad, but the the front office was pretty bad. Like yeah. I mean, you were just rifling through coaches changing quarterbacks up so much and then also i mean i don't think doug whaley did not do anything for that that team whatsoever and i think him getting out was probably the best thing that's ever happened because i mean he drafted a lot of duds there were a lot of duds that he drafted so yeah one thing i want to make sure we get to is rewinding out on time here um after you all are listening to this. It'll obviously be Thursday. The next day on Friday, it is Rick Jenneret night at the Key Bank Center. He will be getting a banner raised. We have recently talked about retiring jerseys and, you know, banner stuff. So let's go. Let's get into it. Come on, dude. What do you got? Tudor is the one that started this. Because for everything, any hot take I have said, any hardened belief I have regarding this, Mostly everything, right? I think there are exceptions to every rule. And I am about to present one, but I want to hear what Tudor says first. I Because you're going to drag the Sabres for giving an announcer a banner, aren't you? No, I'm not. And honestly, because I can't remember if Mike Lang got one in Pittsburgh. I know they did like a a Mike Lang night and honored him, uh, you know, when he just recently retired. But... 
when you think of Buffalo Sabres hockey, right, whether it be, you know, through the last decade or whether it be for the last, you know, 40 years, however many years, every single highlight clip you hear is Generette. And quite frankly, it gets you excited because of his voice, right? Like Rick Generette is as much of a Buffalo Saber as any player that's ever put that jersey on. Uh, he deserves a know, more than any Buffalo Saber that's probably ever yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would say so. Um, Guys stuck through You the- know, I, you know if they put a Rick Jenneret statue out front, I think that'd be awesome. Um, yeah. You know, in, in a well-deserving guy, I think he's, you know, unbelievable for the Sabres and, you know, just hockey in Buffalo. Um, but I just, I think it's like, I don't know, like the whole, the whole banner celebration. Like, I don't, I he's don't the know. most, he's the most iconic voice. He is. He is in the game, arguably in sports. He is maybe you, second to Al sports, Michaels. You think? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. How many if he, people if he outside, was an hang on, let me ask you this. Not a lot. Let me ask you this. How many I people think. outside of Western New York know who Rick Jenner is? Not a lot. How many people know who the fuck did you just say? Mike Lang? Exactly. But that's my point, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly. my point. Is like, so we, we can't say he's like the most iconic name in sports. I don't give a shit. That's my opinion. That's my truth. I live in my truth. <laughs> it's the best announcer in the history of pro sports. Give him a banner, give him a statue, name the goddamn arena after him. It is really that's, and that's All right. So, like, that's fine. I just like, it's funny because, like, I think when we talk about the banner raising, and I and I just said, like, I think he's as much Buffalo Sabers as any player that's put that jersey on because Rick Jenneret is the Sabers. He is, and hats off to him. But, like, I don't know. Like, do we need do we need a banner for that? Like, no, we don't. This is the first <laughs> banner we have ever raised in the history of this goddamn organization that I give a shit about. Every one of them. The jersey retirements, what every every fucking thing that's hanging up there, all the losing, great. We got a president's trophy. Like the great. And that's, the Adams division in 1974. <laughs> great. Awesome. So that was why, and I and I really I just thought it was really funny because like when Abby and I went to the game last Wednesday. She literally said that it wasn't about anything about Rick Jenner at night because we we didn't even realize it at that point that that was coming up at the end of this week. But she was like looking around at like the banners in the top and she's like, man, like you go to some arenas and they have like the championship banners up. She's like, you come here and we've got, well, you guys almost did it. (laughs) Like, And it's just like, I, I can't understand like i don't know i used to say the same shit right so like canisius when i was a student there they won like the regular season mac in basketball with like the best record and then they got bounced in like the second round of the conference tournament like didn't even make it to the semis and they hung the banner in the gym and i was laughing like at the first game of the season next year because i'm like why are we celebrating like best record in the regular season like who gives a shit you got bounced in the second round of the (laughs) conference tournament like that's such a loser mentality in my mind Granted, yeah. this is this is your announcer, so I'm not going to call it a loser mentality. I just was like, I don't know. Like, do we? It brings up the topic we've discussed with the banners and the jersey retirement. It does. It does. But it's just funny that how quickly after it's coming up already. Yeah. And I quite to, honestly, French Connection included. Maybe I can understand that, but again, what did they win? Nothing. God bless them. But come on, that guy is the best announcer in pro sports that nobody knows about. He is one of the biggest hidden gems for for commentary in anything. Could you imagine if he was in a bigger market and let's say he was younger and he got more attention and he got to do things like wipe out, like he got to do some commentary for wipe out in the off season, shoot a season of that. Are you fucking kidding me? Boy, he bounces square off the ball and down he goes. Like, oh my god, the the guy is incredible. I think he's that the best people, ever. He's I the do. best to ever do it. He deserves the banner. If there's anybody that has ever been a part of this organization that deserves their name up there, it is that guy. B 
because sadly he is not going to get his name on on the cup ring. He's not going to get one of those. And that's one of the biggest shames in the history of professional sports. Unless they somehow pull it off like literally next year. But But I would say, though, that like as much as people outside of Western New York wouldn't know who he is, just like you're not going to know any out-of-market home team announcer, right? You just don't. You know, I I couldn't tell you who, you know, Montreal's announcer is. I just can't. Um, All I know is most of them suck. Right. But, like, I I honestly think for having said that, I will say I think Doc Emmerich is someone who's universally pretty much loved, is an unbelievable um, hockey personality. Yeah. I think if Jennerette got put on Emmerich's stage and was on that NBC nationally televised game, people would have enjoyed him in the same type of way that they enjoyed Doc Emmerich all those years. It's just he obviously didn't have that platform. And I agree with you, Benny, especially because what's cool about ESPN Plus that I love is you can pick like the whole, whatever team's feed you want to listen to during the game. So yeah. I've listened to a yeah. bunch of different ones throughout the course of this year. And I will agree with you, most of those home market uh, personalities really don't move the needle for me. No. Rick Jenneret gets the emotion going for you. If you're driving in the car and you're listening to a game or – you know, you're listening to him call any game. Like you get more excited for a big play because of how animated he is. Just an unbelievable guy to listen. Yeah. Call a they, hockey game. They did a commercial. I don't know if it was last year or earlier this year, where he's like in the ticket booth in the parking lot and Casey Middlestat's backing his car up and he's like commentating the the parking job. And I'm pretty sure it was last year. And I gotta tell you. That was more exciting and electric than anything I watched out of that team last year. And he and it's a joke and it's a commercial. I think his voice is hockey. Yeah, but I unfortunately have like read on other people's pages and Twitter and stuff out of market. Uh, people just know him as the annoying sports the, the announcer with the annoying voice. So I, 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 I personally love him, and I, you know, I, I've grown. I think it's just a thing that we've been accustomed to for years. But you know, who's probably saying like that is Boston Bruins fans with that dump of a, what's the guy's name? Jack Adam uh, or Jack Edwards? Jesus, that guy's brutal. Yeah. Oh my god, he reminds me of my fourth grade math teacher. Just absolute snooze fest. That's yeah, that's the kind of people you're. Dealing I guess with. he's the only out of market announcer that I really know. Be- and the only reason I know him is because I think he's trash. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's an umpire, negative. right? Like in baseball, like I could probably name three umpires, and I know all of them because they're ass. <laughs> You don't want to end up on that list. You right. don't want to end up on that list, folks. Tudor's terrible. <laughs> Tudor's terrible list. Oh my god! Tudor's you want, terrible you want to put list. you want to put me in my like worst situation? You put him on the call and put me in an arena and make me watch the Flyers with him calling them. <laughs> oh god! Uh, nightmare fuel. Terrible. Nightmare fuel for but sure. But anyway, but... hats off to Rick Jenneret for a phenomenal career. Yeah. Uh, Thank yeah, you. No, Derek, I, I understand what you're saying too, where, you know, some people that didn't grow up in a market like this, where they heard him every night. Yeah, if they're listening to those, those losers. Know. It's, yeah. it'd be like going from watching, you know, your typical sports game on TV to like a call of a South American soccer game for some people like it's just high energy and they're not used to it yeah absolutely i couldn't agree more i always feel like there's stuff we didn't get to we went over on time today but yeah we're talking rj and it needed it absolutely you'll be there right benny yes all right i'm actually um they doing any cool giveaways for the fans that night or I don't know. All I know is I, they, they asked me to, to do uh, the, the, the rope pulling, like cranking up the banner, like to yeah, get it all the way up there. One hand. That's what I had to turn them down. <laughs> I said, I, unfortunately, I, I had my manager. I said, unfortunately, I have to decline. Um, 
you know, sustained an injury. I, I don't want to be the guy that's remembered as he tried to get the banner up and it dropped and like, God, God forbid it hits RJ or something. And, you know, on his own goddamn night, I don't want to be that guy. Also, I know we're, I know we're over, but I want to wrap it up with this circle back beer league roundup. Good news, folks. The team that hurt our superstar, number 51, first line center, Benny, thrown out of the league this week. They're gone. Oh, man. Just multiple you, multiple you, incidents, I guess. Um, love to see it. Oh, you know, man. Hate that's, a real, go. that's a real karma is a bitch uh, situation. Yeah. Are there remaining games? Too? Oh yeah, we haven't even gotten to the playoffs yet. Oh hell yeah! I mean, you didn't uh, even make it to the end of the season. Like, it's one thing being polite, politely asked to not come back for next season, but like getting yeah. kicked mid-season is a whole, a whole yeah. new demoralizing. Uh, yeah, uh, feat. They yeah, probably couldn't. They probably couldn't get refs for their games because they're like, "Is that fucking? Is that team <laughs> doing it?" And they're like, "Yeah, you got it." And they're like, "No, nope. no, nope. <laughs> no, thanks, not tonight." Uh, Sayonara, uh, good riddance. I mean, just that's not – it's over. Kevin Adams ain't there. It's over. Just like this episode. Shout out to you, boys. Great one as always. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll be back next week for another episode. We'll be on number 55. 55. Shout out to RJ. We're going to try and get him on the show when he retires. It's going to be a blast. Um, thank you for listening, everybody. And we'll see you next week. See you.